I would like to welcome everybody to Robin's Nest. We are in season two. This is episode 17, but is the second episode of Interview with a Stranger. Uh, today's guest is Ben Herstig. Um, and Ben is not exactly a stranger, so I'm calling it um, Interview with a Not Really a Stranger. He's a little bit of a stranger to me. All the questions that I'm going to be asking today are questions that I don't know the answers to. Um, but I do know Ben a little bit because he is going to be the roommate of my youngest daughter, Zoe. They are friends um, from Temple University. I know very little about him, as I said. Um, so I thought he did sort of qualify for interview with a stranger. I thought we could get to know Ben together, um, my listeners and me. And I thought you, Ben, would be a very compelling guest um, because it sounds like you've had a very interesting journey as a transgender male. And hello, it's Pride Month in Yay. June when this is recording, yes. So it seems quite timely. Um, so I would really love to hear all about your journey and I thought the world would as well. So I thought we could just jump right on in. Welcome. Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for being here. I really appreciate it. Of course. I love talking about myself. <laughs> perfect. That's the perfect, perfect. podcast. Yeah. Um, okay. So why don't you, could you actually start at the very beginning? One question that I thought would be important to ask before we even get started is what is a transgender male? I, of course, know what a transgender male is, but I think that there are people out there that are so confused by the whole LGBTQ, what's queer mean, what's transgender mm -hmm. exactly, how does that differ from being gay? So mm -hmm. if you could just explain that to people, yeah, I would appreciate it. Yeah, so, um, well, the definition of a transgender is someone who identifies as a different gender than the sex that they were assigned at birth. Mm -hmm. So when you, you know, come out of your mom and, and the doctor looks at you and they're like, oh, it's a blank, it's a boy, it's a girl, whatever. I was assigned female when I came out of my mother. And mm -hmm. then I was like, oh, wait a second, this, this doesn't match up, this doesn't work for me. My brain doesn't identify as female. I actually identify as male. So that's, that is what transgender is. So you would, you would call me a transgender male because I identify as male now and I'm a, a male, but yeah. So cisgender on the opposite end, which is it's spelled C I S G E N D E R, which is what you are. You were assigned female at birth and you identify as female still. So yeah. that's the opposite side is cisgender and then transgender is okay. what I am. That, that is very, very, very helpful. Yes. And what is, how would you define queer? Oh gosh, queer. Um, I think that's very I'm, confusing to people also. Yeah. I was actually just mm -hmm. talking to my grandpa about this yesterday, really? Really? but um, yeah. So queer is a few things. It's like queer. I use LGBT and queer interchangeably uh, when I'm talking about the community um, because sometimes it's a lot to say LGBTQIA <laughs> plus whatever you know whatever you want to call it but um, yeah so I use queer and LGBT interchangeably so that can be a word for the LGBT community or some people identify as queer as well which could mean 
really whatever it means to them. It could mean anything. It could mean that they identify as bisexual, but they want to, you know, call it queer just because they don't want to call themselves bisexual because, you know, labels can be annoying and confusing sometimes. Right. But, um, but yeah, so sometimes people don't want to define their sexuality or their gender as anything else other than queer because it's so fluid or because they aren't sure or whatever. Right. It could be really whatever you make it. It's kind of a like an umbrella term. Adventure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like it like that's always how I think about it. It's like queer is like the umbrella term and then mm -hmm. you could be all kinds of things under that. Exactly. Just like transgender is the umbrella term for the transgender community and then I'm a transgender male, right? Okay. And other people identify as non-binary or queer, you know. <laughs> queer can, you can explain, fall under that too. Can you explain non-binary? Oh gosh, non-binary, I believe is when someone doesn't identify with either of the binary genders, which are male and female, but um, I'm not as qualified to speak to that, that's for sure. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So why yeah. don't you start a little bit at the beginning and tell us a little bit about where you grew up, what your childhood experience was like, what your, pa you know, your parents, your siblings, all of that. Yeah, so um, I grew up in Minnetonka, Minnesota. Um, I have one older brother and, um, my parents were from Ohio, so, you know, big Midwest family, um, but Minnetonka is pretty diverse when it comes to suburbs, so, yeah. um, you know, growing, I'm Jewish also, just like you, so, you know, oh. growing up, went to synagogue, went to the elementary school down the road, it had a big Somali population, big um, Hmong population, which is an area of Asia, so, you know, we were surrounded by a lot of different types of people, as well as a lot of Jewish kids, and my synagogue was right next door and all that. So, um, yeah. So we moved from Pittsburgh where I was born there when I was four to Minnetonka. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was a really welcoming, very open community. Everybody knows everybody. Um, obviously there's, you know, people have their problems with other people which you don't really learn about until you grow up but right, um, right. from my perspective everybody was friends and you know my community um, my Jewish community was very open very accepting um, just even before I came out as transgender but um, I went to a conservative synagogue but everybody was very nice you know no, no problems there um, and my childhood experience my parents got divorced when I was 12 which coincidentally is around the age that I came out to and oh, I started figuring out my identity. So um, I don't know if this is jumping ahead too no, far, but, no. but um, Great. a lot of people thought that, you know, when my parents got divorced, cause that's when I started figuring out my identity, they thought that it was kind of a pushback to my parents getting divorced. Um, so it was definitely interesting to you know be telling people that I was transgender and a lot of them were like are you sure like that you're not just was there any reason for your timing was it just no, like, purely coincidence no I think it was pure I mean I'm sure that I was questioning my whole being when my parents got divorced but mm -hmm. it wasn't like I was like oh I'm gonna you know I'm gonna get revenge or, or reconcile oh, no. with it in this way or anything like that I think it was just timing um when my parents got divorced, I um, started doing this theater. This uh, I start. I joined theater, a theater group, 
at um, our local JCC, Jewish Community Center. And um, it just so happened that the directors of this summer camp were both transgender men. Really? And yes. And wow. so I, I wasn't, I wasn't questioning anything at that point, but well, I was, you know, thinking about life in a very introspective way, but. Um, <laughs> How old were you at this point? Like 11 or 12. Okay. Yeah. And so, you know, I joined and I, I really took a liking to these guys, um, both of them. And um, I kind of found out that one of them was transgender through like Facebook or something. And so um, after more talking with him, he was like, oh yeah, like Anthony is also trans, the other guy. And I was like, no way, like, are you kidding me? I never would have been able to tell. And so, you know, we started talking more, all three of us. And I was- And what were you, you know, feeling at this point? Were you like, wow, I didn't even know this was a thing and this feels liberating yeah. to me? Yeah, I think I was just like, like, oh, like this, this all feels, I, at this point in my life, very just logical, like, you know, like, oh, this sounds familiar. So this, you know, one thing leads to another, not like, I wasn't super into like, feeling out emotions, like, out in the open, really, and being mm -hmm. like, vulnerable in that way. So I was just like, oh, well, this makes sense. So, you know, it must be what I also am. Um, if that makes any sense. Okay. But yeah. So you were so thinking about it very intellectually and very not very intellectually. emotionally. Right. Which is why I don't think. So you were think figuring that, it out, but not feeling it out. Right. I mean, I was feeling it out in the sense that like, I was like, oh, well, this feels right, you know, okay. but I wasn't really focused on the like, I don't really know. Like I wasn't focused on how other people were, were feeling about it or if this would be okay for my family or, you know, like what would happen, you know, like with my family or would they accept me anything like that? I wasn't really thinking about all that stuff, but okay. anyway, so yeah, I just was kind of like, well, this seems to make sense. So I spent a long time, long time because I'm a procrastinator by nature, spent <laughs> a long time thinking about it. And, um, you know, eventually I was just kind of like, well, you know, I think I, I'm probably trans in some way. I just don't know if I'm a guy because, you know, I didn't feel like I was non-binary. Like we talked about earlier, I didn't feel like I was non-binary. I didn't think that I should be using they, them pronouns or anything like that. But she, her also didn't feel right. But um, it took me a long time to kind of come to this conclusion of, okay, I actually identify as male. And I want people to call me he, him. And I wanted to just try it out. You know, I got my hair cut and that felt right. You know, I was just kind of like step-by-step. Step. I was like, okay, this feels right. This feels good. You know, I'm just going to do this. If it doesn't feel good, I'll just grow it out, you know? So, and I ran it by a lot of my friends. I was like, I think I'm trans. And they were like, oh yeah, like probably that makes sense. You know, like we know that you're not probably like a girl and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, so anyway, so yeah, I got my haircut and um, these guys helped me through this whole thing. They didn't push anything on me. They didn't, you know, they weren't like, oh, you are trans and we can tell you that for a fact, like nothing like that. They were just like, this is how we feel. This is how, what we did and how we felt you do with that information, what you will, you know. Was this the very first time you had these thoughts though? Or had you thought of these, had you felt this way before? 
I don't think that I knew, like, if I did have thoughts like this, like, I don't, I wasn't like, oh yeah, I'm a guy, I'm supposed to be a guy. But, you know, there are a lot of kids who go to their parents and they're like, mom, dad, I'm supposed to be a boy or whatever. I'm supposed to be a girl. Yeah, when they're very But I never, I never did that. I was more of just like a tomboy and I was just like. So that's really how you identified. You identified more as a tomboy. Right. Just a girl who liked to do more boyish things. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. I was just kind of like indifferent towards most gender related things I mm-hmm. you know had an older brother so I would wear his clothes a lot and his shorts and I would be like great this is what I want to dress up as you know like this is how I want to this is how I want to present myself good. to the world right. exactly this feels right um I do remember though this specifically with my bat mitzvah which mm-hmm. I call it my bar mitzvah now but with my bat mitzvah I Almost for those people refused. who don't know the difference, bat mitzvahs for a girl and bar mitzvahs for a boy. So now yes. you refer to it as a bar mitzvah, but at the time it was right. a bat mitzvah. Right. Okay. And some people, if they don't want to call it bar mitzvah, can call it b'nai mitzvah. Yeah, that's correct. Like, it's like exactly. a gender neutral. <laughs> exactly. Um, so anyway, yeah. So at my bar mitzvah, I was like, my mom always tells me, she's like, I didn't think you were going to go through with it because you were so upset about having to wear the dress and, you know, like having to sing, you know, like just a whole weekend about you and it's a gendered thing you know Mm -hmm. it's like because I was a girl I was doing it at age 12 instead of 13 or you know like I don't know there were just so many different genders but it was about becoming a woman exactly so she was like I did not think you were gonna go through with it I did though like my whole family was there and you know it was how did it feel though honestly I think I blocked it out I think that because I can't answer so many of these things, it's because I I was just like, this is too traumatizing. I'm going to put it over here and never think about it again. You know what I mean? So, so you were really disassociated from it. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. I did. And, mm-hmm. and that's what I'm starting to realize now as mm-hmm. I grow up, because I don't remember so much of my childhood. And I think it's because of that. Wow. You know? When do you all, first, go ahead. Yeah. No, and that all ahead. had to do with my, with my parents' divorce as well. They were both traumatizing things or things that bothered me a lot but they weren't related in that way you know yes yes that Mm -hmm. makes total sense yes what can you pinpoint a time where you first realized was it when these two men came into your life that was the first time where you were like I could be I think I'm a transgender male I think yes like I met them and I was like oh I'm probably like queer as I would say now uh-huh. in some way I, I didn't know how to put it then but I think I I went onto YouTube as one does and <laughs> I found like a bunch of videos and I found this guy his name is Benton and I watched a video of him doing an interview with his best friend and he's a trans guy and he was doing an interview with his best friend who was this girl and they were talking and it sounded almost identical to me and my best friend growing up. Her name is Bryn. It sounded almost like identical to how we talk to each other. And like, you know, just, I, I really related to these two and they were funny and they and she was like, oh yeah, I always knew that you were different and like all this stuff. And she was like, I didn't know if you were a boy, you were a lesbian, anything like that, but I knew that you were different, you know? And so I was like, 
well, that sounds just like me and Brent, you know? So I, I looked into this guy a little bit more and I was like, yeah, I think that this is, this, this feels right, you know? Wow. So I'm not sure like what it was that clicked, but I was just kind of like, okay, I think that I'm a guy, you know? And then from that point forward, moved on. When and what did you share with your parents? Okay, when did you so... decide to say it? And what did you say? <laughs> and what was the reaction? Yeah. So also at this point in my life, my dad was starting to date an, a new woman and she is like 10 years younger than him, kind of like in between our ages, like a little bit, like she's obviously closer in age to him, but she's very hip. Her name is Barb. She's awesome. She is very, you know, progressive and, and her and I got very close during after, after my parents got divorced and we started to move in with her and all of that. And so um, she was basically one of my best friends throughout middle school and high school. So as always, this was going on, I sent her an email with a video attached that was like, it was like, here is what transgender is. And like, you know, I am, transgender it was like the video was speaking for me it was like I am transgender male and these are the pronouns I want you to use for me now and I'll probably change my name and all this stuff and and in the email I said I'm not changing my name or my pronouns yet but this is how I feel so it was a very like not like I I wouldn't say it to anyone's face you know and so I was how like, old are you at that point I was like probably 13 okay I was in like seventh or eighth grade. And so I sent it to her and the title was, the subject line was, don't open this around dad. <laughs> so I didn't want my dad to know. Um, so, you know, she was like, okay, let's get coffee. And I like talk about it. So we talked about it and she was like, well, you have to tell your dad because, you know, now I know like it's hard to keep stuff from each other. You know, we don't want to do that. So mm -hmm. I, sent the same email to my dad I guess she tells me this and um then he was like oh well you have to tell your mom so I was like okay I guess I'll tell my mom and so I think I I sent her the same email it was just all over email so all, this whole conversation is happening over email like so even when he's saying you have to tell your mom no that responding was responding to the email that was over the phone that was over okay the phone. <laughs> yeah 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 but I don't know I think I was just like whoever needs to know, I'm just going to tell them and then we can move forward. You know, I didn't want to copy that. them on this email. Exactly. <laughs> I should have CC'd everybody, but you know, then I, I started, I started getting, um, like a tag, a call from my brother and I still have the voicemail, but it was the sweetest call ever. And he was like, like, listen, I don't care if you're, if you're black, white, you know, like, uh, a giraffe or whatever, you know, like <laughs> an animal, whatever you identify, oh. I don't care. You're my sibling and I love you and all of this stuff. And, and that was kind of the moment that I was like, okay, I, I can do this. We got this. And what did your Let's mom say? It. Oh, she, exact same thing. You know, <laughs> uh, I love you no matter what, you're my child. You're, you know, she's the biggest advocate of them all now. So <laughs> And what was your dad's yeah. reaction other than tell your mom? Exactly how I was, you know, thinking logically about all of it. The exact same thing. Just, okay, the, uh, this is how you feel. Let's sit on it, think about it, and 
we'll move forward when we need to or if we need to and sounds good you know so like how did all that feel to you is, I support you um it was great I I loved it mm. I mm. think that I was just like okay that's like what I expected I just didn't want to have to tell them not because I didn't think they would support me but because I didn't want to have to tell them the actual telling itself was stressful mm -hmm. but afterward I was just like great let's move on let's let's do it why do you think it felt so stressful the idea to just tell them if you knew well, that you they'd know, be so supportive well you know I mean obviously there were some questions of how they would show their support and all of mm -hmm. that but I think just any form of coming out of the closet you know that's how people put it I think any form of revealing your true self to the world is is stressful and it's nerve-wracking and anxiety mm -hmm. inducing because this is something that you've held near to your heart for so long and just you know within yourself and and it hasn't really even seen the light of day yeah. so it really puts you in a vulnerable position right and being vulnerable is not my favorite thing to do <laughs> so so it's not any of our favorite things exactly to do, <laughs> exactly so and i knew i knew that it would be a big deal and i didn't want it to be a big deal so you know just little things like that they they are a big thing altogether and i was just like i don't want to have to deal with this yeah um which is probably why um when i did come out i i just like did the things that i needed to do and didn't really talk about them much and just kind of you know just did it because i was like i don't want this to be a thing i don't want anybody to to bother me you know like don't you don't need to worry about me i got it you know like in terms of bullying like i didn't really get bullied all that much because i was just like this is who i am this is what i'm doing and if anyone has a problem with it kind of like you know f off like i don't need that in my life so it was probably like um like i'm really scared inside but i'm gonna like make it seem like i'm not from the on the outside and then people didn't mess with me you know were, were so, all of your friends supportive or did any of your friends have a negative reaction no all of my friends were supportive and honest to god if there was someone who wasn't uh supportive i don't even remember and i probably was just like all right well we're not friends anymore you know i think that the people who've had the most blowback because of the generation that they are you know my parents and my grandparents and mm. even my brother's friends are all like okay whatever like he's your brother now cool let's drink you know like <laughs> they don't uh -huh. care uh-huh what kind of feedback do your parents and your grandparents get so i guess that i just learned about this recently but i guess that my mom had a little bit of just like pushback on like facebook and from people who she does doesn't even talk to really anymore just people on facebook and i guess that they've just made like little comments here and there because like i said like i was just very much like this is who i am this is what i'm doing and I think that everybody around me kind of took that and they were like, oh, okay, like he's confident. He's, he knows who he is. So that's, mm -hmm. you know, like we will do the same thing. We will like chameleon, you know, the whole family was yeah. like, all right, like we're, we're, no one's questioning anything. We're just, we're confident, you know? So, um, 
I don't think that what kind of comments would you say your mom gets like when you say like little comments or your grandparents probably just political stuff like oh uh what bathroom does he use and like oh I don't know if I agree with that and little stuff like that wow okay that's that's pretty offensive well yeah the, and the first question I can see, the first question I can see being people being confused and curious. Right. Um, not that that's an okay thing to ask, but right. it's or like, has he had the surgery? You know, like right, right. People are confused and curious. But yeah. uh, what was the second thing that you said? Um, I said, oh, I don't really agree with that, or something oh, right, like that. Right, right, right. Yeah, well, I, I, I can't don't know imagine. if I agree with that. You know. Yeah, like like you were asked, <laughs> like Come who on. asked you? Right, what exactly. Your, how do your That's parents? That's exactly how they respond. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, and how do your parents and your grandparents respond to these kinds of comments? Well, and you know, the reason I say my grandparents is because I'm with them right now, and uh-huh. they've been telling me about this, or my bubby has been telling me about this stuff, and she is like, "Well, I had a bubby." <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> gotta love your bubby. And um, so you know, she just said, "You know, I was sitting there, I sit there playing Maj with my girlfriends and." Mahjong for people who don't know what Maj is. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And she she said, you know, I just talk about you like it's not a big deal, you know, like I have a transgender grandson, like good for me, you know, whatever. (laughs) Everyone has their things. And and apparently, you know, just some of them have made their political views obvious. And she said, you know, I don't I don't need I don't need them in my life. And my mom has said the same stuff. Like, if you really feel that strongly about my son and about someone who does not even affect your life that much that is your problem you know we don't we don't need to interact anymore that no skin off my back to stop talking to you if we even talked at all in the first place like who asked you exactly like you said who asked what's really interesting to me is you know my generation which is your mother's generation how old your mom and dad uh, my mom just turned 51 right and okay. my dad so is 50 okay I'm a little a little bit older than them but not my, by much um but you know in our generation this was not cool yeah like it just was not cool you, you if you knew two or three gay people growing up that was a lot yeah. because again not because there weren't more gay people but because yeah. they were closeted exactly and it's literally cool now to be gay <laughs> and it's almost a little bit not so cool to be to be straight or to straight be cisgender, or cisgender yeah. right um and it's very you know the people in my generation just really and one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the pod because mm-hmm. a lot of my listeners are of my generation you know yeah. they your generation is so relaxed mm-hmm. which is amazing I mean, it's mm-hmm. amazing what has happened in just one generation, the, the changes that have happened where you can say, yeah, I'm transgender. And we're like, and it, your friends are like, okay, great. You know, okay, where cool. are we going on Saturday? Right. You know, exactly. Thanks for sharing. You know, yeah. and when, you know, I have friends who are gay, who are my age or a little older than me, mm-hmm. and that was not their experience. No, you know, not at this all. This is remarkably, yeah. remarkably different and, and wonderfully yeah you know just such a wonderful shift absolutely and I don't like I don't know maybe we all got the same memo at the same time somehow uh you know through just brain wavelengths or whatever Mm -hmm. but 
but yeah, my, my outlook is like, you have one life in this world. And like, first of all, why does it matter to you what other people do with theirs as long as it doesn't negatively affect you? And I know that's very, putting it very simply, but to put it simply, that is how I feel about that. And then on the other side, yourself, like, why wouldn't you, no matter how old you are, I don't care if you're 60, I don't care if you're 80, if you figure out who you are, mm -hmm. why wouldn't you live that yeah. true life? You know, why yes. wouldn't you be yes. yourself? Well, you're speaking to a really interesting point. I went, um, I heard a question asked once at an event I went to, and the question was, why are there so many gays all of a sudden? Somebody <laughs> asked that question to a gay woman who was presenting. Yep. And everyone laughed and was like, oh my God, I can't believe yeah. she said that. And the woman said, it's not that there are more gay people all of a sudden. It is nope. that they've tasted freedom. Mm -hmm. They've tasted liberation. And it's the liberation that's catchy, not exactly. the gayness that's catchy. And exactly. so like, as people have become more honest and living their authentic life, mm -hmm. the next person wants to he says, I want to live an authentic life too. That's how I feel too. Exactly. And that's what happened to you when you met those two men. Exactly. They were living authentically in their bodies the way they wanted to live. And you were like, I want that too. Not that the idea of, oh, maybe I want to be trans mm -mm. came to you. It was just, I want freedom too. And that right. feels right for me. Exactly. And um, the whole time I've been here, my bubby has been saying uh, about everything. You don't know what you don't know. And yes. so- when it comes to like being gay or being trans there for thousands millions of years however long pe people have been around there have been transgender people there yeah. have been gay people but if they don't know that it's an option then either right. they are going to probably be severely depressed and they don't know why or you know just like there are gay people and there have always been transgender and have people always been exactly i've always been exactly. so how old were you when you decided to start to transition um, I, I think I was about 14, probably. Um, that's when I got a haircut. But like I said, I, I'm a procrastinator. So what happened was I got my haircut to a little, you know, Bieber cut. It was nice and flippy. It was awesome. And then I started wearing more male presenting clothing. And then I got a chest binder, which is a material where it com basically compresses your chest and makes it look more or male, quote unquote. Okay. Um, and then immediately I started um, being identified as male in public, which doesn't happen to everybody. I guess that my, my voice was just low enough and kind of like adolescent male enough that I was being correctly identified in public. And that was kind of overwhelming to me. I was like, oh my God, like, I'm not ready for this, whatever. But it kind of pushed me forward a little bit into wow. being like, yeah, oh, okay, like this feels right. You know, like it feels mm -hmm. a lot better than it did before. So, you know, with she, her pronouns. So, um, so that started happening. I was kind of like, okay, like I would love if people started calling me um, a nickname um, from my, of my birth name, because I didn't have um, I didn't have a name yet. And that was really important to me was that I wanted to find a meaningful or just something that clicked. Didn't have to be meaningful. But um, yeah, so I asked people to start calling me a nickname and he, him, if they could remember to, it was basically like a, you know, if you remember, cool. And then I basically 
came out on, it was June 28th, 2014 on Instagram. And the reason I remember that is because I also got my, my top surgery on the same day in 2019. So that's a, a meaningful day for me. Um, but yeah, so, so I came out over Instagram and then I came out over Facebook at Pride. I was at Pride with my other trans friends and they were like, you might as well tell everyone. And I was like, ah, sounds good. So I told everyone. And um, how did it feel to tell it everyone? It felt great. It was awesome. Yeah. You know, I was just like, all right, this is take, take this and do with it what you want, you know? Um, and then I waited two years to change my name. Really? And so, like I said, I'm a procrastinator. I didn't really think about it that much. Um, but I had everyone calling me by he, him pronouns. And then in 2016, my sophomore, going into junior year of high school, um, I was in the car with my best friend and my mom. And my mom was like, hey, you really need to change your name because people are getting really confused. <laughs> and I was like, okay, fine. So my favorite show or my favorite um, movie growing up was Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. It's a great one. It's a great one. Amazing, amazing <laughs> movie with Donny Osmond. Love it. And it's the best. And mm -hmm. so I used to watch it every day when I would come we home from We do share a love of musical theater, Ben. I think that we do. I think that we do. <laughs> so she started, my mom started, you know, the his 12 brothers, my, my mom started going through all the names that she said. Isakar, you know, Naphtali, Judah, like all the funny, you know, uh -huh. she was like, Dan. And I was like, no, no, no. Like, this is all the way too much. She goes, she goes, Joseph. And I go, mm, I've thought about it, but no. And then she said, Benjamin. And I said, okay. And that, there, there you go. Like that now, was, was that it. hard for your parents to call you a different name? I don't think so, because I had already not really been going by my birth name that much okay. so I think that they were just like okay like finally he changed his name because it was getting come on like it was getting kind of ridiculous <laughs> and then right after that my my dad was like okay well let's change it if this is if you're sure about it let's change it legally and so I didn't have to deal with it later because I was still underage at this time you know right because he didn't want to have he didn't want me to have to deal with anything like with when I turned 18 and my driver's license and all that. Um, so, so all yeah. that says mail. Yep, everything says mail. You're allowed and to when, how do you do that? How do you go through the process of changing your gender legally? I, I, well, okay, so it was actually quite a hassle because I was born in Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. So I had to get a new birth certificate from Pennsylvania that said mail. And I think, honestly, I think you just pay for it. I think you just apply and pay for it. Um, and it's a thing because there are people, intersex people who sometimes are born and identified as what their, you know, what their parents say, okay, put this on the birth certificate, but then later in life, they realize, okay, this isn't right for me. So I think that that's why it's already a law, which mm -hmm. works great for me because I'm pretty sure, and he would have to correct me because I wasn't really involved in the process, but I think that we just applied and got approved and pay for it and then we went once we had the birth certificate we went to um the hennepin county court system in minneapolis and we had a, a court day it was really fun i went i wore a suit 
I brought my best friends. Um, the, the judge said, so why do you want to change your name? And I said, I don't know. I just, I like it. And, you know, she was like, why did you choose Benjamin? And I was like, I don't know. I like it. <laughs> and she was like, and why do you, why do you want, you know, like, why do you think that you're male? And I was like, honestly, I couldn't tell you. I just identify, you know, like I just am a guy. And she was like, okay. <laughs> and she, you know, stamped it or whatever she did. And it was done. I think it is incredibly brave that you went through this entire process in high school. And like, how am I like, thank you. But to me, it was just like, okay, we're just doing the next thing, you know, and my parents made it so easy for me. That was, that was the amazing part, you know, incredibly I'm incredibly blessed. privileged, yeah. incredibly privileged in that sense. So, you know, and now as a, a young adult, I am starting to, you know, look at it and be like, oh my God, I was so goddamn privileged. And I didn't even think about anything else. Like, I don't even know. I didn't have any perspective, you know? So I had no idea that it was brave. And even now I'm like, I was just doing my thing, you know? Just doing the next right thing for you. Exactly. At the time that exactly. it felt to do it. What is the most supportive and least supportive thing anyone has ever said to you about being transgender? So I would definitely say the most supportive is people love to make a big deal out of it and be like, I support you no matter what. And all of that, obviously that's amazingly supportive. But my favorite thing that people yeah. say when they're being supportive is almost nothing at all. When they're just like, oh, okay, sounds good. Like you said, with, with all of my friends, like, okay, great. What are we having for dinner? Or, <laughs> you know, just like all my brother's friends, like, all right, sounds good. What are we, you know, like, what are we doing tonight? Yeah, that so makes a lot of I, sense to me. Yeah, because like I said earlier, I'm not interested in making it a big deal unless I bring it up or unless I'm interested in talking about it, like today, you know? Right. So, um, and the least supportive people don't, people are afraid to say not supportive things to my face, I think, which I, you know, I, I did that, you know, by being so confident. Um, but probably, well, I, I support you, but I don't really understand other people. Um, because I think recognizing my privilege as someone who is correctly identified as male all the time Mm -hmm. is really important because there are a lot of people who don't get Mm. correctly identified as the gender that they identify as or want to be perceived as. So it not, it doesn't necessarily have to do with, have to do with me specifically, but just like people accepting me because I look like how they think I should as a male person and then not being able to understand the other people who don't look how they expect them to or how they would want them to if they were to be calling them by he, him pronouns. Does that make sense? Yeah. So like, how do you react or has this ever happened to you where people say, like what you said about the men, the the transgender males that you met originally Mm -hmm. when you said, your initial reaction was, wow, I never would have known. Yeah. So when someone says that to you, oh my God, I would have never known you were born a girl. What, how does that feel to you? Like, good for you. (laughs) I don't know. Like, well, I was, and everybody looks different and 
Like So when someone says I that, that doesn't feel complimentary to you and it doesn't feel offensive either? I mean, it doesn't feel complimentary. And, and I think that they think that it's complimentary, which yes. is why they're saying it. Mm-hmm. Um, because they want me to know that they support me, which is amazing. I'm not going to be like, well, screw you. You know, nothing like mm-hmm. that. I, I would, I typically, when people say that, I say, well, it's very nice of you to say, but I don't see that as a compliment. I think that it kind of, um, it's kind of rude to the people who don't mm-hmm. qu- like pass that inspection in a mm-hmm. way, yeah. you know, I like, I'm not, I don't know. I'm, I'm not mm-hmm. a fan of that, of that. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. That's why I wanted you to say it. Cause I, yeah. I think that people don't know what to say. Oh, you know? yeah. And I think that that's people's first reaction. Yeah. Like if, if someone, you know, looks at someone and, and they look male, and then they're told that that's a trans, that this person is transgender. Yeah. I think people's initial reaction is, oh, wow, I would never have even known. I never would have known. You looked so much like a boy. Well, that's yeah. great because I am. And so is that guy over there. Right. Who and may not necessarily look like a boy. It doesn't change like anything. Whatever that means. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I also really, I really like using my, my privilege in that way to, for the shock factor also, which like if I'm in a class mm-hmm. and people don't know that I'm trans and we're talking about trans issues, I typically wait a little while to say that I'm trans because I just like seeing the I like seeing the looks on their faces because they're literally questioning their whole existence in that moment of like, well, we've been talking about trans stuff and I've been sharing a <laughs> few opinions and then someone's like I, I'm sharing an opinion and this has happened a few times in classes in high school or in um in college where I'll be sharing an opinion and then I'll kind of hint at something where like I know something that they don't and everybody in the class will just kind of be like well why are you saying you're a guy so why are you being well a so open-minded and b why are you acting like you know what you're talking about and then you know I'll be like oh well you know as a transgender person myself and then I'll just keep talking you know like don't leave any room for surprise I love it and it's just like people people are shocked which and I know that that's a privilege that I have that Mm -hmm. not everybody has so using it to your advantage is really fun and and then after that class I actually um was in that class with another trans guy, which I didn't know at the time. And he was a resident in one of the buildings that I worked in. And I remember I was doing, at the end of that year, I was doing room checks, um, cause I was an RA. And he, this kid in my class, he was sleeping in one of the rooms that I you know, went into and I accidentally woke him up and it was, it was all funny and all that. And I left to, to let him get dressed and leave the room so I could do the room check. and. As he came out, he said, were you in my, uh, my like women in America class earlier this semester? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, you're the reason that I came out to my parents last week. I know. He said, I, I didn't know your name and I didn't, you know, like I didn't follow you on Instagram or anything, but I, I've been wanting to say thank you. And I was just like, wow, that that's why I do that. You know, like that is you never know who is listening and the impact you're having you just exactly it makes it all worth it 
was what was most surprising to you about people's reactions was there anything that was particularly surprising to you that kind of caught you off guard positively or negatively probably just like okay well you're a guy now so you have to act this way or you have to look this way or you know like you have to have these opinions and and talk about women like this and just all that sort of stuff that surprised me and also like I want nothing to do with it you know so a lot of like my like day-to-day advocacy if you want to call it that is like okay well I can act however I want and I'm still a guy I can dress however I want I'm still a guy because that's not what makes me a guy you know that's I I wasn't like oh I want to speak badly about women so I'm going to become a guy you know like that's just that's not how it works so I I think that's just more my personality not the fact that I'm trans um like that part coming out but but definitely that was surprising to me where like especially men the older men at synagogue were like well, you have to wear a yarmulke now and all this stuff. And I was like, I mean, I guess I will, but just because I'm a guy, like I just started questioning all of that stuff. Right. It just know? shows you, you know, just the gender roles that we are constantly trying to shove people into. Yeah. yeah. You know, and as a psychotherapist, you know, and having male clients, a lot of times I have male clients who were born, who, who are cisgender and who yeah. are straight, mm-hmm. who are sensitive. Yeah. And, you know, and who are told their whole life to be and behave and think a certain way that Mm -hmm. is just not how they identify and how society is constantly putting people, female and male in in these different boxes. And now you had to experience it as a transgender person. Right. And, but it's so interesting because I still fall into that problem of, okay, well, when I transitioned, I, I put myself in these boxes. I have to act this way. I have to, whatever. I can't cross my legs, you know, like stuff like that, like in public. And, and now I'm starting to deconstruct all of this internalized toxic masculinity that I gave myself. Right. So that is why, you know, one of my best friends is a cisgender male and we talk about this all the time where we're like I love you bro like why am I saying I love you bro why why can't I just say I love you to my male best friend you know what I mean so like we talk about this all the time where even I as a trans guy I have experienced not womanhood because I was so young but I've experienced being put into that category of female and being allowed to be so sensitive and cry all the time and all of that and I've also experienced this side of it now of okay Being put all your emotions into a box tox- yeah right absolutely exactly so even I as someone who's experienced the, the the female side of things quote-unquote I still struggle with the same things that these cisgender men do which is really interesting to me yeah you have a lot to teach a lot to world. learn. You have a lot to learn, but you have a lot to teach because you've experienced both sides mm-hmm. of this gender identity stuff. You know, mm-hmm. this is how you behave as a girl. This is how you're supposed to behave as a guy. And if you want to be a guy, you better act this way. Mm-hmm. And you're having an internal experience saying, but that's not how I feel. 
and mm-hmm. I still feel like a guy. Exactly. And that is true about about men that are born men. Yes, exactly. Also, they're having that same experience. I, but you, you know, you're you were like thrown into it, and exactly. they've had it the messaging all their lives. Their lives. And to I be know. able to say like how when you when you were being brought up as a girl initially mm-hmm. you had certain societal messages and that when you transitioned you you got polar opposite messages mm-hmm. not from your parents but from the world from the world and yeah and it's just so clear yeah and and i think it's been so helpful to me also because my brother is one of those sensitive guys yeah. and it's funny because like he cries more often than i do and like yes he, you know, he, he is more outwardly sensitive than I am. And he's a frat guy, you know, like he was in a frat in college. And so I think he struggles a lot with that, but we kind of help each other reconcile with this toxic masculinity and all of that jazz, because I help him realize that he can be sensitive outwardly And then he does the same for me because he's showing me that there's a cisgender male who is crying to his brother, you know, just like we help each other in those ways, if that makes sense. Yeah. And what I would want to say to your brother is that more men, more cisgendered men are more like him than the Mm -hmm. toxic masculinity. They are just pretending to be that way to be accepted because being accepted and belonging is such a powerful drug. And they think that that's the price of admission. But the reality is we're just human beings that are born caring and loving and sensitive and and emotional, whether you're female or male. So anyway, we have to- That's how I feel too. Yeah, we have to move along. What is the best and worst advice that you've ever received in your life? My God just ever ever well you know people said a lot of unhelpful things (laughs) um honestly I like the saying I like what my puppy's been saying to me you don't know what you don't know Mm -hmm. I think that that's true and really good advice like I don't think it's fair I, I don't know. I don't think it's fair to judge people on the things that they don't know, but to also hold, I think it's fair to hold them accountable for learning, you know? So you don't yes, know what you don't can know. Be true. Exactly. So you can I, forgive I think, people for their ignorance if they're interested right. in getting the information. Exactly. And I think that that's probably what I would say. I don't know how to word it right, but yeah. exactly what you were just saying, mm-hmm. like that sentiment just throughout mm-hmm. life is like really important to me, especially as I'm an I'm a music education major. The educational aspect is really important to me as it has been my whole life. Of uh, Everybody is always learning. I hate judging people for something that they can't help yes. and for things that they don't know. Like just yeah. because someone doesn't know what transgender means does not mean that I have to be all up in arms about them accidentally misgendering me because they don't understand it. Right. Now, if we've been working on it for two years and they're still misgendering me and they still are like and there's well, some other agenda get... going on exactly mm-hmm. then That's then else. i'm gonna judge them on that mm-hmm. yeah but mm-hmm. but i don't know just being a, a, a not only tolerant but accepting person and just i don't know i think that this is just the values that i've been raised on of mm-hmm. like oh, don't judge people for something they can't control you don't know what you don't know 
be not only accept or not only tolerant but accepting and and be curious try to try to learn when you can and don't make don't make quick judgments like that so Mm. that's been really helpful and least helpful I'm not sure I don't know okay Okay. and why did you choose temple um I chose temple because I wanted to leave Minnesota um not because I don't like Minnesota but just because I wanted to like expand my expand my uh boundaries and um I wanted to leave Minnesota and I wanted to do music education and I needed a good, I wanted a good urban program because I wanted to be surrounded by people who didn't look or sound or act like me. And so um, first I was only looking within like seven hours driving because I wanted to be able to drive back and forth if I wanted to. and I found DePaul University in Chicago, which is a great private school in the heart of Chicago. And I loved it, but I didn't like their music school. So I went online and I was like, okay, um, what are schools like DePaul um, on the East or West Coast? Because I expanded my boundaries a little bit. Mm. And um, Temple came up. I looked into it. I was like, hey, dad, I want to visit this place. He was like, okay, sounds good. I went to the campus. I loved Philly. Um, I loved the campus. I wanted it to be kind of a smaller campus, but still feel like a big school, you know, Jewish community, so many different things. I wanted it to have gender inclusive housing, even if I didn't use it, I wanted it to be there because I knew that that was a good sign. Yeah. Temple's a wonderful place for being progressive, for sure. Absolutely. Exactly. And I knew that there were a lot of progressive people there. And so I liked the music school. It's, it's a really good music education program. So I was like, all right. What do you plan on doing? Going. What do you plan on doing with it? I don't know. I used to, I thought I knew, but um, probably education of some sort, whether it be being a choir teacher, being a general music teacher, being just a regular elementary school or high school teacher of some sort, um, advocacy of some sort just something with people and something with education um and hopefully something with music at least on the side if not you know in the classroom so yeah yeah I'm not sure yet I'll keep you updated (laughs) all right my last question is what advice would you give to people who are struggling with their sexuality or their gender identity I would say that Sometimes you have to be really patient in order to be yourself, but it's always, the wait is always going to be worth it. Mm -hmm. Um, There are a lot of people who like can't come out or aren't ready to come out or don't know what they're doing. And that's why time is your best friend. If you can't come out because if you know your identity and you can't come out because your parents will kick you out or you'll lose your housing or food or anything like that, don't do that to yourself. It's harder at the time to keep it to yourself, but do your best to find people you can talk to or you know have friends who, who you can talk to. Um, but patience is definitely key. Yeah. And I, I, I would also, again, like to point out just as the psychotherapist in the room, 
that's great advice for everybody for anything exactly <laughs> that when you are in doubt don't exactly wait you know you yeah. can always wait get calmer get clearer mm -hmm. find a friend talk mm -hmm. it out you don't always have to do something with this information you can wait you can wait your whole you life is waiting for you exactly even if you're 80 years old i don't care but um and i <laughs> think what's that, best that, for you always. exactly and i think that perspective that you just said again is really important for people who don't understand this stuff because it brings this thing that they don't understand like trans people the lgbt and queer community and it makes it like okay i can associate that i can understand it now because I, you know, like, I don't think that I'm queer or anything like that, but this relates to something that I can relate to. Yes. So it's just like exposure yes. and, and making it relevant to other people, which has been my, my yes. goal this whole time that I have been advocating for the community. Yeah. And well, yeah, I, I cannot thank you enough for being on the pod. I think that this has been great. I think you have really helped a lot of people to understand your process, which I understand is personal to you and not mm -hmm. necessarily um, to be said for every tra trans person out there. Mm -hmm. But I think that you really helped to clarify a lot of things for people. And um, this has just been both entertaining and educational. Well, thank which you is so what much we love most on, on Robin's Nest. <laughs> Yeah, I love listening. Thank you for having me on. And Absolutely. Yeah, had a great time. Thank you. And um, I want to remind everybody to please write a review. If you like this podcast on Apple Podcasts, I would really appreciate it and tell your friends. And please follow me on Instagram at Robins underscore nest underscore pod. And come back next month for my next episode in the series of Interview with a Stranger. Anyway, thank you again, Ben. Thank you. Bye.